So come up to the lab and see what's on the greatest movie of all time. I see you shiver with anticipation. <laughs> Today on the podcast, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Just a jump to the left. Welcome to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the podcast in which I, your co-host Rick Barrasso, and I, your co-host Derek Smith, will watch every single movie ever made and help decide which is the greatest movie of all time. And today, we have a third chair, very special guest. Derek, I'll let you handle this introduction, I think. Our guest today is my wife, Gia Smith. Hello. Say hello, Gia. Hi, Hi, Hi. Gia. (laughs) How are you guys? Oh, we're, do, we're doing great. I know that you guys are definitely not in the same apartment in different rooms right now. So it's been a while since you saw each other. Exactly. I know, I miss them. So, yeah. <laughs> so last time on the show, we, uh, we talked about Almost Famous. And I think it was a great episode. Let us know what you think. Check out our back catalog, every episode we've done. And give us your feedback on any of the movies we've discussed on the show. We're the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast on Facebook, at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. And you can email us at greatestmoviepod.com at gmail.com but we'd love to hear from you really let us know what what you think we'd be uh, be happy to uh, to read what you think on the show and if you like what you hear do us a favor as our uh, old friend batman would say tell your friends about us <laughs> but moving on to today's episode gia you have selected the rocky horror picture show why'd you pick that one uh it is just honestly it was um, a toss-up between this and clue uh, the running theme being Tim Curry, and it was just that uh, monumentous in my life that I just I, I had to I had to go for it. Had I to did. do a Curry. I did. He's that big of a presence that you need you need a whole episode on he just him alone. A huge presence, and I want to say up front, I did not dare think to recast Tim Curry in this, so I did nope. an updated cast of what how who I would cast today. Okay, cool. All right. Interesting. Yeah. So that that should be fun. So the Rocky Horror Picture Show is the 1975 horror comedy musical midnight cult classic. Uh, it stars the aforementioned Tim Curry as Dr. Frank Inferter, Susan Sarandon as Janet Weiss, and Barry Bostwick as Brad Majors. It's got a 7.4 on the Internet Movie Database, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 61% on Metacritic. So... This may be a loaded question for a lot of people, but uh, let's start with our guest, Gia. When did you first see Rocky Horror Picture Show? Um, it was a fateful night back when I was in middle school, and a friend and I had gone to Savers with her mom. And, you know, I, I don't know how we possibly were able to get this film, uh, but we did. And it was on VHS, and there we go, and we put it in, and right up until you saw Tim Curry come out in his full, you know, corset and heels and everything. And oh my gosh, her mom literally was like pressed ejected and literally was like, this is garbage. Put it in the trash can. And I legit (laughs) was like, I pulled a 007 and I was like, this is mine. (laughs) Brought it home, waited for my parents to go to sleep. I put it in and then I had some of the most uh, profound, um, 
prepubescent fucking, I don't know how else to describe it, but like, <laughs> you, it was, G, G, you had an awakening. Gia became, yeah, she became a woman yeah. that night. It was an awakening, all right. I was confused, but I was intrigued. I was, I was, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, he got me. <laughs> So I didn't quite have the awakening when I when I first saw it, but I do have yeah. kind of a similar story where I wasn't actually watching the movie, but I was watching the episode of Behind the Music about Rocky Horror. Interesting. Yep. And I was watching it at my grandparents' house. And, oh. Yeah. And my, my grandfather, who's just a real old school kind of guy, walked in. And it wasn't even like any of the... I mean, we, we should mention this movie is... Uh, very some of the terminology is is sort of outdated uh, that mm-hmm. they use but at, at the time it, it was you know that's just the words for it but it it, it is a huge influence on, on the the gay and um, yeah. you know, lbgtq lgbtq yeah. too many is this too many lgbtq plus community let's say that right. You're right. Uh, mm-hmm. but it was not even any of the stuff in regards to that it, he walked in the other room and i was just watching it and it was the scene with Janet in her underwear trying to seduce Rocky, and he, like they were just singing to him. And he was like, "You got to, you got to change the channel." <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Derek, how about you? What's your well? And then I, then I, I was like, "Oh, I got to see this movie." Basically, uh, but, right. Uh, yep. Yep. But so uh, my. And Susan yeah, my... Sarandon, I may have had a Susan Sarandon awakening. Uh, oh but, man, uh, I still, I still do. <laughs> So, so to I. this to this to this day, and I've 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 talked to Jen, my wife, about this. She is probably the oldest person that I'm still attracted to. But she just has that like I don't know. There is yeah. something about Susan Sarandon that she's, she's yeah she's got beautiful some sex woman. appeal. Beautiful. Know, the, the, the way the way she talks to like I even like her her voice. Like, yeah. Everything about her is great. <laughs> yeah. So but, anyway, uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Derek, who, when do you, when do you first see Rocky Horror? So my sister, who was five years older than me, her room was always cooler than mine. She, her room was covered with posters. When you Every say cool, inter- do you mean the temperature, or do you mean like the cool stuff in there? <laughs> she, well, yeah, she, she, she had cool stuff in her room, <laughs> and uh, she uh, she had a poster of Rocky Horror Picture Show, and it's the picture of Tim Curry sitting on the chair, and all the characters are surrounding him, like in the scene in the movie when he's you know when he first is introduced, and I was like, what is that? Yeah. It really made me nervous. I didn't know what to expect. I was young. I was probably in middle school. But um, I always told people, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Never saw it. Wouldn't watch it. I was scared of it. <laughs> and then my first girlfriend, who I dated for like two weeks in like, I don't know, the uh, ninth grade, 10th grade, something like that. She was like, we got together. We had a quote unquote date. She came over to my house and she's like, let's watch Rocky Horror. And I was like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we watched it and i remember eating a lot of m&ms because i was nervous um yeah, and that's uh, cool. i finished it being like you know what whatever you know misconceptions i had before about this movie it's it's just watchable you gotta see it's it you so gotta much see fun it. have you, you guys so much fun. have you guys been to a midnight uh screening no, no I never so bad, but though. i know yeah awesome. same same i would totally love to that would be so much rick fun. have you seen uh, have you seen the uh, perks of being a wallflower I have not. It, I, have it, I, have, the, the I have the DVD. Yeah. Some of, some of the characters in that movie actually do a Rocky Horror at midnight. Like they're in it. Oh. And it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a lot of fun, that scene. Yeah. So but, I, uh, I did. I did kind of uh, go to one. Uh, but it was actually very recently and I was at a drive-in. 
Oh, oh okay. Cool. So we were everyone was socially distanced. The the shadow cast people were wearing masks. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, we were to drive and we were a few rows back. Somebody had their fucking like door up and was blocking half the stage. Oh. And unfortunately, oh. I literally could not get up and go to them because of social distancing and be like, hey, right. I can't see half the stage. But so I do want to do it again. I do want to do it in an actual theater and I have I get to skip the whole I'm a virgin thing and have people write on my forehead and lipstick and shit. So <laughs> So yeah. All right, so I brought that up cuz I'm trying to uh to avoid this part. Um wish me luck because luck. I have to describe what happens in Rocky Horror Picture Show in 30 seconds or less. Oh wow. Yeah. So Derek if you want to put some time on the clock and count me down, I want to give everybody a warning. I have to speak like an auctioneer in this segment. So if you can slow your speed down to like 0.8 or maybe even 0.5 might be a better experience <laughs> for you. I'm so. excited for this. <clears throat> All, right, All right. So count me down. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Brad and Janet, a newly engaged couple, are stranded in the mysterious mansion. An odd cast of characters are throwing a party because their host, Frank Inferter, a sexually liberated transvestite, has created life in the form of a tormented bodybuilder type named Rocky. Frank seduces the couple separately, and Rocky escapes into the house. Meanwhile, Dr. Scott, a college professor of the couple, arrives looking for his nephew, Eddie, who Frank had murdered earlier. Rocky and Janet have sex. Turns out, Frank, along with the servants, Riff Raff and Magenta, are aliens. Frank tricks everybody into eating Eddie's corpse. Riff Raff and Magenta stage mutiny against Frank, kill Rocky, and then take off for the home planet. The squares don't know how to continue life. All set to jaunty tunes. Wow, wow, 28 seconds, 28 seconds, was, oh my crap. god, wow. that was insane, congratulations, that was amazing, <laughs> Rick, Rick, you want to hear something funny, I don't have a timer on my phone, so I just go to Spotify and play a song, so I can see 30 <laughs> seconds, and it's just the smashing pumpkins in the background while you're doing that, it was amazing, <laughs> all right, oh god, all right, so let's talk about, now that we have that behind us, <laughs> Let's uh, let's talk about the stuff we liked in the movie. So let's uh, let's rank our three favorite scenes. Let's mix it up, Derek. What's your third favorite scene? All right. I mean, so for these scenes, I kind of jumbled them in, so I don't really have ranks. So I'm just trying to see real quick. It's, I would it's say, tough. All right. You know what? I, I will say my third favorite scene. Okay. You know, I'm gonna do my I'm gonna do my quick runner up, and then my third. Okay. Uh, my quick runner up was uh, "Happy Birthday to You." That scene. Um, because of the way he cuts off the song and sits back down. He's like, shall we? <laughs> that is one of my, the funniest scenes I've ever seen in a movie, in my opinion. Um, but my third, my bronze for favorite scene is the uh, Frankenfurter visiting uh, both Brad and Janet's room. And why do you think I should? <laughs> um, that Those scenes right there are just, they're just money. Just money. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. Gio, what do you, what do you have for your number three? I, I literally, like, Derek legit took the words out of my mouth. I was like, damn it. Like, in that order, too. I was like, because I couldn't, I, I legit could not break it down to just three. I was like, I can't, I can't take any of these out. I, so, like, I get, yeah, my fourth was the same thing. The happy birthday. Oh, to this day, it's my, if it's my birthday, I have to play it. I just have to play the scene just because it puts a smile on my face. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, also the, the late night visit. Oh, no, wait, no, that, what did you say again, Derek? What was your Yeah, that's the one. one? Yeah. No, I didn't do, no, yeah, so my, 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 my bronze. Yeah, my bronze goes, so why do you think I should? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I love that scene so much. So my, my number three, I actually have when they, they, everyone, Frank and Dr. Scott and Brad all discover that Rocky and Janet have slept together. And they have oh. the, the, Brad, <laughs> Janet, Dr. Scott, Rocky. 
Uh, Rick, I actually got Gia that shirt for her birthday, so she has that shirt now. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's that's, sad that's that great. not enough people understood the what yeah, I what it reference. was, but uh, <laughs> right. yeah, no, that's it's it's such a it's such a funny scene. Everyone is just killing it at this point because I mean, you start out and it's you know the the squares are so like normal and that mm-hmm. like just look at them in this scene. It's like how far we've come. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> so let's go back down the uh, the row here, Derek. What's your number two scene? All right, my silver goes to uh, the uh, the floor the floor show, aka the ending sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know some of the funniest things. You know one, one when they're all dancing and stuff and doing the little parts and Barry Boswick, uh, help me, mommy, like all that stuff. <laughs> uh, and then they're, they're all in the pool, and then they're then they're you know then Riff comes out, Riff Raff, and he's gonna he's gonna kill Frankenfurter. That whole sequence to me is just epic, just an epic scene. Yeah, uh, that's, that's my two. All right. What do you have for your number two, Gia? Um, I say my number two is the first meeting of Dr. Frankenfurter, just because like it's such a it's such a powerful scene. It's you know the first time you see him. It's even if you didn't like think that way before, Tim Curry does something to you to make you think that way now. Sure. It's just. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't describe it. You know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. y- you think of Tim Curry and you think, oh yeah, that's the dude from Home Alone 2. Or, oh yeah, the dude who voiced Liza Thornberry's dad in The Wild Thornberries. You don't think, oh yeah, it's that fucking toned British, like, it's such interesting features. Like, the fact that he, like, he did his own makeup. Um, you know, he he made that character. He, he was that character before it was even the movie. You know, like yeah, yeah. He he was the only one to have that role, and so like there there is no other person who could take that role. Like yes, of course, like you know, people have done it on stage, people have done it on whatever. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, it's still there's not ever going to be a comparison like Tim Curry in that role. Yeah. My my number two, I actually have uh, Frankenfurter seducing Brad and Janet using the same lines, mm-hmm. Just, like be- behind the curtain. And we talked about that, but it is absolutely hysterical. I think sp- specific, like like when you cut later and Brad's like smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, Brad. <laughs> All right, so number one, Derek. What is your number one scene in Rocky Horror Picture Show? So this is uh, something I waited to say because when I saw that poster in my sister's room, I got, what is this? Later on, I, I had, I think I had a VHS tape that I recorded the movie Popeye on with Robin Williams. And because we recorded the movie, there was a bunch of commercials. And one of them was this like MTV, maybe not MTV. It was something like the VH1 MTV. And it was like a compilation of all these different movies. And one of them was a quick let's do the time warp again and i was like what the heck was that what was that and the song stuck in my head for a few days and i remember asking my sister about it and she's like yeah it's, it's rocky heart and i was like oh I, I haven't seen it yet that scene time warp again aka Frankenfurter's introduction is one of the most classic scenes in, in in you know pop culture history in my opinion i just think it's so classic um brad and janet's dialogue I'm here. Nothing to worry about. I'm just scared. All that stuff. It's just Frankenfurter's drop, time warp, his sweet transvestite. The whole segment is the is the movie, in my opinion. It's 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 tough to draw a line in that sequence. 
you know. That's it, what I mean. That, that, that's yeah. why it's right. an ongoing scene for me because there's no interruptions really. Right. Mm-hmm. So from from the moment from the moment time warp starts to the end. Uh, where Frankenfurter goes back up in the elevator. That whole mm-hmm. sequence is like a bit, one big oh my god scene to me. So I guess I have to pick that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Gia, what's your uh, what's your number one? Um. So yeah, mine was the the floor show, but like, so it's similar to how you know the time warp into Sweet Transvestite. Um. I felt the same way about you know the the, the whole floor show right down to Don't Dream It, Be It. You know, like I, I, we were mentioning earlier how we, you know, we did another run through because we have to. Um, but, you know, the moment he get goes into the pool, uh, you know, you see the Michelangelo beneath him. And then yep. he's literally on like a flotation device that says the SS Titanic. You know what I mean? It's just like these little nods to things that like and then, you know, after the whole climax of him, you know, sadly dying and the whole like King Kong, like him being carried by Rocky. And yeah. Just, it is just so much going on and it's just everything about it. <laughs> there is certainly a lot going on in that scene. My number one was mentioned before, specifically I sort of honed in on the sweet transvestite number mm-hmm. because Tim Curry just walks in and no pun intended, blows everyone off the screen. Like he, <laughs> you cannot take your eyes off of him and you cannot take your eyes off of that character. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what, Rick? Whether or not you think it's sexy or you think it's terrifying, you can't take your eyes off of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's going to cause a reaction. Yes, Absolutely. and especially because Tim Curry is so—I don't even know what the word is—so unique. I guess mm-hmm. it's—he it, just adds to it as an actor. And right. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure Tim Curry will come up again in the medals, but oh, yeah. uh, before we get to that, uh, unfortunately. With the good comes the bad, and with the light comes the dark. So let's talk about our least favorite aspects of the film. Uh, I'll go first this time. Probably it's it's tough because this movie is so campy and stuff that would in another movie be considered quote-unquote bad is part of the charm of this one. Mm-hmm. But I would say yes. the one thing, and we did sort of mention it a bit earlier – not its fault at the time, but some of those out-of-date terms, you know, especially when Sweet Transvestite is such a big part of the movie. And we're, we're using that word, which is not really in use anymore. Right. Uh, it, it makes it tough to discuss uh, in, in some ways without using terms that probably people don't appreciate. But, you know, you have to, you have to look back at the time. But I, I would say probably at that point, it, it might have even been considered progressive. And it, it probably was. Obviously, it was important for a lot of people in that lifestyle. But uh, it, it just sort of makes it a little awkward to navigate sometimes. Mm, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Derek, what do you have for your, your least favorite uh, part of Rocky? Um, so this, this movie is one of those movies where it does everything it wants to do. So it's like even if you didn't like something, they meant to do that. You can tell. That they were like, listen, this is what it is, and we we carefully did this the way we wanted to, but at the end we have to pick something that's the worst. So I'd have to go with maybe after the house goes back up into space, it, it just kind of leaves you in a very like, ah, well, I'm kind of like not sure now. Of no how conclusion, I feel. really. The conclusion is kind of odd. It kind of happens too quick. Um, you know, it, it's strange. Again, I don't really dislike it, but if I had to choose something, I guess I would have seen wanted more yeah. of a conclusion. And and to your point, I think they are trying to leave us with the same 
I mean, again, tough to discuss this movie as like as you would a normal movie, but right. they, they are trying to to leave us with the same feeling that Brad and Janet have. I think right, just confusion maybe. But it, but it does. It's like so. What just happened here? Right, right. All right. So, Gia, what do you have for your least favorite thing about the movie? Yeah, that was kind of my same like thing too. But again, like I I don't even look at that as a negative aspect. It's almost like it's so good. I want to keep seeing more kind of thing. Like you know, just at the end of uh, superheroes uh, and you just see them all like laying out on the ground and then it turns into like the reprise of um, science fiction double feature. You're just like, your heart's sad. You're like, oh, he died and you know, here I am and it's over. And yeah, it's just that ending feeling. So, so you're, even, you're, you're basically my, saying, my you're basically, the, weak, the weak point of the movie is that it ended. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> In my opinion, it is. Well, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I have to wait until the very end to say what I think about it. But <laughs> I'm mad this wasn't a nine-hour movie. Yeah, <laughs> I could legit watch nine hours of Tim Curry being Doctor Frankenfurter. I, I mean, I, I get it. All right. So now that we've gone over our favorite scenes and we've talked about our least favorite parts of the movie, let's give out some awards. So we do this every week in the form of bronze, silver, and gold. Uh, we give medals to the individuals who impacted, benefited from, or were in any way integral to the movie. So, Gia, who is your yes. bronze medal winner? Uh, my bronze went to uh, the lovely Miss Susan Sarandon. Um, I just thought that she slayed the role of Janet not to mention that like she was actually like really suffering throughout a lot of this movie because she was barely dressed. Uh, she had pneumonia at one point, like the whole scene where they're all in the pool, like she legit had like an over 100 degree fever and she was still just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna just jump in this pool and just finish the scene and look amazing doing it. So I just thought she did an amazing job. I love the the little nuances of her role like when uh when she meets dr frankenfurter and at first she's like really confused but then like he slyly kisses her hand and that little giggle she does and you're like okay well Enchanté. yeah Enchanté. You, you almost feel like her you're like oh i would have yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. this is my bronze yeah i uh, i have susan sarandon for my bronze as well it's very early in her career and arguably now, you know, almost 50 years later, she's probably the biggest mainstream star that's in the movie. Mm -hmm. So she, I think probably, you know, she along with, you know, obviously Tim Curry used this as, as a launching pad where others didn't necessarily. So uh, I, I think you have to give it to her as much as the people in the live audience are going to boo her whenever she's on screen. Um, mm -hmm. Derek, who's your bronze? All right. This was a toughie for me. Uh, one hell of a supporting cast. And uh, I got to say that when you're doing a movie and you have a main character and you know there's going to be another character that outshines everybody else, it's tough to write a good central protagonist uh, to make them colorful. I, I, Barry Bostwick and Susan Sarandon absolutely fucking slew these roles. I mean, they slay these roles. I mean, there's an absolute <laughs> tie for me. They're just, they're so funny. They're so colorful. And you have Tim Curry in the movie playing Frankenfurter, you think Tim Curry would, not only does he, he absolutely owns the whole movie, but the two of them are so good as lead actors and lead characters. That doesn't happen in a lot of movies where like, usually you find those characters kind of boring, but uh, they're awesome. Like they dead tie at bronze for me with those two. Sure. I, I can definitely yeah. accept that with, uh, with those two characters. Gia, let's move on to silver. Who do you have for your silver medal winner? 
Um, so for my silver, I chose the uh, character of Riff Raff, so Richard O'Brien. I mean, he yeah. wrote the whole thing and, you know, like even his character was just so, even his little nuances, like I love the part where they're about to go in the elevator and he has like the big bottle of champagne and like the glass. He, he just, he pours the champagne, drops the bottle, just drinks from the glass, just like, yeah. uh, just the little nuances. But yeah, he just, he he wrote the whole fucking thing. I mean, I can't even imagine the the mind that created Rocky Horror. Yeah, and I, I I think we may just go uh, nine for nine here, pretty much, uh, because I have uh, I have Richard O'Brien as well as my silver. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, when when you write a song like when you write a song that has permeated the culture, you know, Time Warp yeah. is a song that most people know. Plus, like this is your your creation, and it's taken on such a life of its own. You know, it's 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 something. So I have to I have to give him my uh, my silver here. And in most mm-hmm. other situations, he would get a gold for for his accomplishment. But uh, right. I, mean, I mean, I think we know who's getting gold for everybody. Uh, yeah. Derek, Derek, who's your silver? Yep, Richard O'Brien. Um, he you know it, it, he took a really big chance writing this and putting this out there. I mean, this could have easily been one of the biggest flops in in history of anything. Um, it's 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 a danger because you're writing something that's so taboo. You know, it's, it's not really mainstream in so many ways. And it just, if you know what this movie did is it found the people who wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now, you know, even in 2020, you have, oh, I mean, how many? There's, this, there's, there's thousands and thousands of people who are obsessed with this movie. And it's like the ultimate cult classic. And mm-hmm. Richard O'Brien not only writes that masterpiece, but he, I, I think it's a masterpiece in so many ways, but he also decides to be like the Igor character you know, in the movie, yeah. and he he kills it with this really high pitched singing voice, and it's iconic. You know, yeah, it's, when you're doing it's, the time warp. I love his voice; it's, it's insane. And not all to mention, around, he, yeah, I was gonna say not to mention he sings science fiction double feature. Yeah, he's the and, one with the lips in the beginning. He's tremendous. Well, he's a great, he does well, a great job. So it's magenta's lips, and he's oh, okay. singing. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, he gets my silver, no doubt about it. I think we all kind of know where this is going. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I yeah. think uh, I think if we we all agree here that for our gold medal, we're all serving up a delicious plate of curry. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Gia, so happy. <laughs> Gia, uh, I'll let uh, I'll let you uh, explain uh, who who's your gold medal winner. Well, <laughs> surprise, surprise. No, I mean seriously, like. I, like I said, like even there has always been a strange, I don't want to say obsession, but like, let's be serious, it's a slight obsession. I mean, like you watch one Tim Curry movie and you're like, okay, what, this guy's interesting. Let's see what, what else he's got, you know? And it's just, he's so versatile and I feel like he's so underrated, but like so iconic. Just like the, the voice alone, the little... Like, nothing more did I ever want in my weird, weird childhood. Like, and that's the whole other thing about this movie. It's just, like, it is the movie for, like, the people who feel like the weirdos, the outcasts. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so, like, you know, it really speaks to the ones who feel like they've been, like, you know, like, who, who the hell am I, you know? And this, is, just... this, is, this is the Frank Zappa of, of, of movies. Well, I think oh, yeah. it's you it's know? also something that you and I talked about last week, Derek, you know, when we talked about Almost Famous, which is a weird parallel to draw, but the big scene in that movie is just somebody finding their tribe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
and you find your people, yeah. And th- that is sort of like what happened in real life with with Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm. Like j- just, I mean, go to. I mean, if you guys get a chance, I. I mean, I think you guys really enjoy going to going to a midnight show of this because it it is definitely like the weirdos come out, and you know, when we mm-hmm. live in a world where we can sit next to people. Uh, I'm, I'm sure a theater near us is going to be doing a, a midnight showing. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think, you know, definitely... I, I, yeah, I can't imagine too. And I'm sure this happened before, before the movie came out. Cause it was a broad, uh, it was a play, but like when the movie came out in 1975, you, you can imagine how many people were like, well, I'm an outcast. I don't have any friends go to see this and then make a lot of friends. Um, mm. This is, a, this could be in a lot of ways, a life changing film for a lot of people who think, that they're losers yeah. or outcasts. So it's important. I think it's an important movie in history. I agree. I think yeah, you could, I think you could make a case despite all of all the the episodes we've done on culturally important movies. This might be the most important one. We like weirdly yeah. enough because mm-hmm. you know because it's this movie may have saved lives. Yeah. You're yeah, right about absolutely. that. I think it's true. Yeah, 100%. So and, I mean that's uh, I mean I, I don't know how much we're going to keep going on with the gold, but like Tim Curry. Yeah, it's Tim Curry. Yeah, he, he, Tim Curry, yeah. his, his face, his, the, way he, the way his lips move, the way his teeth move, there's nobody like him. He is The such, second he walks on screen. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's just – Every word he, he says. says yep. Every word he says you're hanging on it. He's, he's, such, yep. a, uh, he's such a brilliant actor, and um, I don't know. Sometimes I, I, through his career, I almost kind of – was glad that he didn't get like super super famous because I wanted them to myself in a lot of yeah. ways. Uh, like, oh, you don't know about Tim Curry? Well, go into this wormhole of crazy good movies yeah. and good performances. But he's he's um, I mean he's something else. If I have to talk about my ten favorite actors of all time, he, he he's in there every time. So let's move on. So this is normally where we would recast the movie with the actors of the time. I don't think we can do that with this one. I think we have to do something a little bit different. At least I did. Okay. Um, you know, what, what, you know, as, as I mentioned, I'm not going to recast Tim Curry. I wouldn't put Tim Curry in the movie today. And unfortunately his health is, it wouldn't allow for that. But yeah, yeah maybe you guys did try to, to recast it with actors from that time. I mean, did, did you, did you guys even attempt, uh, even attempt no. it? There no, are things I that I thought about. I, I thought about certain things and there's a couple of actors that I could maybe see in certain roles. But it's funny. Throw it at me. What do you get? I would, re- I, w- I would have replaced. So there's two actors in my head. Not okay. I'm sorry. One actor and one musician uh, that I would replace. That I would recast. Nowadays, unfortunately, this musician died four years ago. But I think that David Bowie may have could um, might have pulled this off. Oh, that's um, interesting. That's Frank and Bowie. I feel like Bowie is the Tim Curry of music. Sure. Um, in in a lot of ways, he's got the, he kind of like I don't know his mouth, his teeth, the way he does things. He's he reinvents himself like Tim Curry does in every movie. He, you know, mm-hmm. maybe this other one is going to be a little bit more of a stretch, but this actually happened today when I watched another movie. Um, we watched this movie earlier and uh, I forget what it's called, uh, but I think Bill Hader maybe could pull this off, maybe in a really comedic way. Uh, I didn't realize how versatile Bill Hader was until I saw this movie, The Skeleton Twins, uh, Bill that Hader, I watched earlier. Bill Hader might be one of the top 10 working actors today. He's incredible. He, is he really is a very talented guy. Yeah, he, and he's he's not looked at at that. You know, I mean, us three are saying it right now. But if if you guys haven't seen that. Barry on HBO, I've seen some episodes actually. Yeah, bits and pieces. Yeah, watch it from the beginning. He and it 
are fucking both incredible. Like the, he's, oh, yeah. he's great. Yeah. So those would be my two. I mean, other than that, I was thinking maybe a skinny Jonah, Jonah Hill could play Brad. But other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> All right. So, so here, here's what I had. I, I had, I cast Brad, Janet and Frank Aww. and with, with actors from, from today, you know, and, okay. Uh, what what I'll say is this is this is just for fun. You know, if I was really doing it, I would probably cast a a a, a trans or LGBTQA actor as as Frank. But this is just for a fun thought experiment. Let's start with with Brad. And and these are all people who've done musicals before, be it mm-hmm. TV or or, or movies. Mm-hmm. So Brad, I had Grant Gustin who plays the Flash on the CW. Okay. Okay. I don't I don't know his work. If you, okay. he, he just, so he was on Glee for his, uh, his musical chops. Oh, okay. But if you, if you look at him, he does have that kind of like goofy lankiness for Brad. And I, I think he'd really pull it off. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's not the one from Perks of Being a Wallflower, do you? Is he the one who plays? No, no, no. Oh, not the movie no. Flash. Not the TV Flash. TV, okay. Because I know he plays the movie Flash. Okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, look up a look up a picture of him. You see, he's just sort of like Grant I mean, Gustin. Grant Gustin. Gustin. The, the picture, the first few pictures that come up are like okay, like they try to make him look good. He has a beard, but like he is kind of a despite him playing okay. a superhero. Yeah, yeah, I can just by yeah, just the way he looks. Yeah, he looks okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Or Janet, I had this. This may or may not be popular, but I tried to think of someone who. I think is she's a good actress. She's done multiple musicals and she's, she is pro she's, she's famous, but she's not like a super a list famous. And I had Amanda Seyfried as Janet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. She's got a great yeah. voice. Yeah, for sure. And she's, she's attractive enough where it's believable. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And she can definitely play that square, like, doofy kind of yeah role. she she's she's like the geeky but really hot girl yeah 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 for sure all right so the big one is as frankenfurter oh uh, rick please me please i don't me. think you would you would never guess who i picked i think because this <laughs> okay. this is super against type for this person but i think he's a great actor to my knowledge he's only been in one musical okay if you say russell crowe i'm gonna strike no it's yeah, damn it <laughs> 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 no, no, different musical, different musical. Okay, good, good, good. I did consider because you have to consider him for every musical role. It was like Hugh Jackman. <laughs> no, no, right, no. Ewan McGregor. Okay, that is interesting. Wow, Mulan I would like. I would like to. I would like to. I would like to. I would like to see him play this role just to see how flamboyant he can get. Right, because I think he's been great in everything, but this is something I'd like to see him try. Right. Right. Hmm. I think it'd be a super weird movie, but I think each well, of them could pull it off. Technically, you could say he was in two because he's in Beauty and the Beast as Lumiere. You're That's absolutely right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I, I, I give him a shot as Frankenfurter. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of actors that could, that could do a decent job. I mean, uh, you know, and, and I think in a lot of ways, a lot of them probably wouldn't do the character like Tim Curry did. They'd probably try to find a different route, kind of like... You know, uh, the dude, I can't think of his name right now, who played Pennywise in the new movies. He went a different direction. I mean, I think you have to. When you're going to replay a Tim Curry character, you're going to have to do it your own way, you know? 
So yeah, I think I think a lot of people could do it, but I I, I thought uh, Ewan McGregor would have an interesting take on it. I'd like to see what he does. But going on to our our next uh, segment here, uh, we here at the greatest movie of all time recognize that not every movie can be the greatest one. Only one can. We know mm-hmm. this, but we do also contend that every movie can do at least one thing better than any other movie. And I'll I'll take this one first. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. This is the best midnight movie. Mm. I don't think there's even one that contends with it. I'd agree with that for yeah. sure. I think it's I think it's number one with a bullet. Derek, do you have any uh any bests? Oh man, this is there's too many for this one. It's just but I think what we talked about earlier, I don't know how to put it into words, but I think this movie gathers people together maybe better mm-hmm. than any other movie. Sure. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of other movies that will as well, but like, like we said earlier, and I, and I didn't actually think about it until we started talking about it, but I think it's clear that, like we said before, this movie is, um, it's special. It's special for a lot of people. And like you said, Rick, it saves, it saves lives. It could have saved a lot of lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it made people found their, their, their calling and their group and their friends. And uh, for that reason that, you know, this movie does might do that better than any other movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gia, what do you, what do you have? Yeah, very similar to that. Like, I feel like you know, I, I as as this movie goes, I kind of use it as like, how well do you not necessarily like how well do you know me, but like how close of friends can we really be? Like, I want to I want right. to get your input in on this. Like, uh, recently I had shown um, a coworker, really close friend of mine, this movie, and like nothing feels weirder than like showing like this very risque very avant-garde just like out of you know what i mean like it's a it's an older film and like they're not seeing this coming you know and there's really no way to prepare someone for this either you're like well let me let me explain the plot the plot that whatever it says on imdb and then you're like that's not a great really explanation you just gotta see it yeah. And so, but like, you know what I mean? You have to keep like looking over at them during certain scenes. You're like, how's this going? It's also weird to think that this movie came out 45 years ago. Yeah. Um, oh my God, that it's, is insane. It's, it is strange to think about. And uh, it, it's kind of funny what you were saying, Gia, is like that funny meme on Facebook. It's like, you can usually tell by someone's personality by, by which movie they know Tim Curry from. Oh, Yeah. You know what I mean? And one of those things is like, if you, you know, people I know are like, yeah, I love Tim Curry. I'm like, have you seen Rocky Horror? They're like, no. And I'm like, you're out of your mind. If you consider yourself a Tim Curry fan and have not seen this movie, you know, so. This movie and Clue are seriously like just two of the best, I I, I don't know, like, I I was going to say comedies, but like, I don't know, Rocky Horror is just so much more than just that, you know, like, yeah. Well, and only that, like, just as far as, like, somebody who can reinvent themselves, like a Daniel Day-Lewis, a Sean Penn. Tim Curry goes from Frankenfurter oh to, to Wadsworth to Pennywise the Clown. It's just, it's a legend. It's, it's just unbelievable the things that man can do. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. So, surprisingly, this movie didn't win any Oscars. Surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> Shockingly. Did not win a single Academy Award. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, it was a really good year. Mm-hmm. Let's go through it and let's 
let's see if, if we would put anyone in any of these categories. So best picture is a really stacked five. So the, the winner is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other nominees were Barry Lyndon, which is, a, if you haven't seen, is an excellent Stanley Kubrick movie. Dog Day Afternoon. Oh. Nashville. And okay. Jaws. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> it's a strong year. The 70s I mean, were a strong decade. <laughs> yeah, I've, never seen, sure. I've, ne- I've never seen Nashville. I don't know mm. what, what it's about. It, because you mentioned a Stanley Kubrick movie, I'm going to leave that one in there. If I had to boot one out for Rocky Horror, I'd get rid of Nashville. Nashville really is Nashville is going to show up on a lot of top 100 movies of all time lists. Okay, I haven't even it's, heard of it. This is the first time I've heard of it. It's a it's a Robert Altman movie and basically it it popularized so Robert Altman directed Popeye. You mentioned Popeye earlier in the uh, in the episode. Yeah, yeah, okay. The style he has where people sort of talk over each other in the movie. Mm-hmm. That he basically created that with Nashville. Like this crosstalk. Wow, okay. It's it's a very it's a good movie and it's an important movie for how film is made, actually. Okay. I I love Rocky Horror. I can't put it in this five. I can't I can't get it I can't have a crack it. I, I it's it's just such a great year. Okay. Okay. So director was uh Milo Schwarman won for Cougar's Nest. Uh Federico Fellini was nominated for a Marcord. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, Mary Linden, Sidney Lumet, or Lumet for Dog Day Afternoon, and Robert Altman for Nashville. So, I've not seen the Fellini movie. He is a like very, if you haven't heard of him, like a super legendary Italian director. But this was towards the end of his career. I haven't seen it, so I'm not sure if this was like a, you know, a, a see you later and thanks for coming uh, nomination. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I yeah. Again, it's it's tough for me to, you know, I, I don't think the direction in this movie is particularly like its strong suit. Right. Yeah. Well, I think the the, the thing about the movie is like I feel like they, I don't think anyone was trying to be going for an Oscar. Like, oh I don't yeah, think sure. Right. So that's what I love about this movie. It's just like we're not trying to win any awards. We're just a bunch of fucking weirdos. Look it at was, what we got. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was trying to be what it was trying to be. Yeah. Right. And what it was trying to be was not an Oscar Bay movie, of course, by any means. Mm-hmm. But I think with the benefit of 45 years of hindsight, mm-hmm. we can sort of disregard this genre bullshit that the Oscars do. Right. You know, and, and this is granted, this is a different era. If Jaws came out today, the equivalent of Jaws today is probably like a Marvel movie. You know, it's, it's probably Endgame. It's just like a big fun blockbuster. Right. That yeah, sort of it, stuff it, doesn't get nominated today. Yeah, especially if, if you look up this director, Jim Sharman, it's like, you know, I think Richard O'Brien probably picked this guy because he maybe he was looking for some sort of an art project. This guy has only directed five full-length movies. And yeah. the other four, you'll, you'll never guess in a million years because you've never heard of them. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's, you know, it was an art direction. It was definitely an artsy movie. It could almost be like compared to like maybe like some sort of like Andy Warhol type, type films. Um, you know, something to that effect, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't put this director even in that five because why would he be there? I guess, you know, Yeah. Mm-hmm. let me, uh, let me ask you this, uh, because I think if we're going to have this, this movie nominated for an Oscar, it's going to be Tim Curry. Oh yeah, yes. for sure. 
So do we want to put him in actor or supporting actor? He's, I mean, he's the main actor he for me. He is the main, yeah. He, the main. He's okay. the, even, even though Brad and, and, and you know, even though- Technically the main characters, but let's, let's say yeah. that, let's say they're the main character. Uh, he's, he's the, he's the, he'd be lead actor. So it's let's kinda, go. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the Kate Hudson thing where like, she's the face of Almost Famous. Maybe she should have been nominated for a main actress, not supporting yeah. type thing. Mm. Well, let's go over best actor then. All right. Cause again, it's a good year. Uh, you know, absolutely cleaning up this year. The winner, Nicholson for Cuckoo's Nest. Yep, can't fuck with it. He's he's very deserving nominee. Other no-brainer nominee, Al Pacino in Dog Day Afternoon. Of course. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, actually surprised he was beat out. Well, it's, it must have been close, but I I would have put Nicholson or Pacino in that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, maybe the two. I mean, if if we're putting like the new Hollywood '70s Mount Rushmore of actors. It's like those two, De Niro and and pick a fourth. Right, uh, right. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than that, I think. So Walter Matthau was nominated for the Sunshine Boys, which I've never seen. Mm. These other three movies mm-hmm. I haven't seen, but Matthau, I like Matthau. Me too. The other two actors, Maximilian Schell, a movie <laughs> called The Man <laughs> in the Glass Booth, okay. which is apparently. It was, it's, oh, it's a, it's a Nazi movie. The plot was inspired by the kidnap and trial of a German Nazi SS uh, lieutenant who's one of the major organizers of the Holocaust. So that's really an Oscar Beatty type movie. Right, right. And the other nominee yeah. was an actor named James Whitmore. I know the name. And he was in a movie called Give Him Hell, Harry, <laughs> which is a movie about <laughs> Harry Truman where he played Harry Truman. Gotcha. I mean, so it's, it's, two it's, it's, real Oscar Beatty type. We get a, a a World War II drama, and we get a you know historical presidential biography. I think there's space that we can we can put Tim Curry in here. Well, my only thing is that yeah, you ask me, I'm going to say Curry belongs up there. I'm asking but you. You're the I co-host like, of the show, Derek. Well, no, I'm just saying, like in the middle of the '70s, things are now becoming a little bit better as far as what you can actually view rated x things like if this movie was made in the 60s i don't think it would have worked as well if it was made in the 80s it would have been really cheesy yeah i think this is a timing movie and i think when this came out i guarantee you a lot of conservative people were like that's fucking disgusting i don't want to see well, that shit on the on the other hand we talked about this a little bit in our oliver episode right where yeah. this is six years later mm-hmm. the types of movies that are being nominated are so different now, right? It, and, and and the types of movies that are being made are so different. So like there's, I mean, look through the, those those best picture nominees. You know, look, I mean, look at these look at these performances. It's so di- It's such a different world. And at the time, did did Rocky Horror fit into this awards world? Probably not. But again, we're doing this with the benefit of hindsight. And mm-hmm. I would say this move, this performance is more significant than Maximilian Schell playing a Nazi, you know? Well, well, yeah, it's been done before. Another thing that I, it's interesting too, as you brought up, is like this movie was this movie came out the same year as uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Dog Day Afternoon, the the basis, the premise of the film is that Al Pacino's character is raising money for his boyfriend yeah, to get a sex change yeah. operation, which is very similar to you know, not similar, but. There's a lot of that going on in the mid '70s, as far as film goes. Apparently, you know, two of the main films that year deal with that type of thing. 
Maybe maybe Rocky Horror wasn't as far-fetched at that point then. Maybe people accepted it. I don't know. I, I wasn't around, you know? I think that, but, I mean, the concept of, like, trans people was there, obviously. But it, it I mean, Rocky Horror is so in your face. And, yeah, yeah. And really, like, when you look at Dog Day Afternoon, the the things that people remember about it aren't necessarily, you know, that he's doing it for his, for his boyfriend's boyfriend to get a sex change. He's, is, you know, it's, Oh, it's Al Pacino robbing a bank. You know, John, Cazale, right, right, right. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a Godfather reunion. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, so basically it's the Godfather is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to make the case. We, we throw in Tim Curry as Frankenfurter for the greatest movie of all time, Oscars. Agreed. I mean, he, I he deserves 100%. to be there. It's a great performance. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> so that brings for some us... Reason, for some reason, that took us too long to just all be like, yes, he deserves to be there. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot to talk it about. It's, for, for a movie yeah. that on, on its surface seems very, very light, and it, it is, uh, there's, there's a lot to talk about with it. Yeah. So now we come to the most important part of the podcast. And Derek, this is where we give you 30 seconds. We put 30 seconds on the clock for you to explain to to me and our listeners why Rocky Horror Picture Show is the greatest movie of all time. Derek, (laughs) are you as ready as you're going to be? I guess I'm ready. All right, I'm going to count you down. Three, two, one, go. Tim Curry in drag. Tim Curry in drag. Tim Curry in drag. Tim Curry in drag. Tim Curry's amazing. Watch this movie. It is weird. It is strange. The music's phenomenal. Tim Curry in drag. I don't care if you're straight or not. It's sexy. Watch it. You'll love it. <laughs> or you may hate it. I don't know. But you should give it a shot. Tim Curry and Greg. <laughs> All right. That's that's time. Um, I get the that sense that I get the sense that Tim Curry is in drag in this movie. Am I right? I actually am not too sure if it's considered drag. No. <laughs> I'm never prepared for those. Ever. <laughs> All right. So... That brings us to our uh, the end of our episode uh, today, and and normally, um, yeah, normally when we have our guests on, we give them something to plug. But um, yeah, it, it strikes me that uh, we have not on the show given Derek uh, any time to plug his band's new album. Yes, please plug well. your album. So I think Gia, you would get behind that as well. So Derek, if you want to take a second. And tell yeah. our listeners that may not be aware of the Vultures, what's going on? Sure. Yeah, uh, I'm in a band called the Cosmic Vultures. We're sort of a, we call ourselves a groove rock band. Um, and we just released our, our newest album on November 7th called Too Many Shapes. It's on every platform that you can uh, utilize in your cellular device or laptop. Uh, specifically on Spotify, if you want to check out the album on Bandcamp, it's eight bucks to buy. All right, and you're and you thirty can... seconds up. No I'm kidding. And yeah, it's eight bucks to buy it. If you want to spend more and, and, and donate money, that's great. We use it for our music videos and, and recording more in the future. Um, we'd love for you to listen to it. We'd love to get some feedback. Uh, you know, even just liking and sharing my posts or posts of Cosmic Vultures, liking us and stuff. That just goes a long way because 
the music industry is in shambles right now. I can't play live. All I can do is promote my stuff on Facebook and it's not fun. Uh, so any help you can give me would be phenomenal. I much, you know, very much appreciate it. So thank you for listening. All right. And Excellent. I mean, if I was gonna say, if you can tell that this is my favorite movie, I obviously have awesome taste and I would agree that this is an album you should definitely listen to. All right. So yep, yeah, check it out. Check it out wherever you're listening to music and, uh, Check us out. Again, greatest movie of all time podcast. Uh, find us on social media. We went over it before. Find us where you, you like to hang out. Comment. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And, you know, uh, word of mouth is important. So if you like the show, tell people about it. Let them, let yes. them know where to find us. Uh, and uh, we, we, yeah, we'd love to hear it. And, you know, if you're listening on a podcast app that allows you to leave comments or uh, rate and review that would be incredible. It'd be very helpful to us. So please do that if you can. So that I think will do it for this week. And next week, believe it or not, starts the Christmas season. Mm -hmm. And we have chosen for it. We're going to do two Christmas movies this year. And we've chosen for our first one. I think one that uh, really speaks to, to people our age, maybe more than any other. So, Derek, what uh, what did we decide is going to be our first Christmas episode? I believe we picked Home Alone. We sure did. <laughs> Home Alone. The interesting thing about Home Alone, we'll talk about it more, is in a certain age range, it's an all-time classic. And once you hit a point where people get old enough, they absolutely hate it. So <laughs> we're going to talk about it. I think we both fall in the, uh, the love it uh, category, so it'll be really fun to talk about and really – yeah, by the time it uh, it comes out, we'll be pretty close to Christmas. So really, uh, in the heat, in the uh, in the thick of the holiday season, let's say. So yes. that'll be really fun for the show. I want to thank you again, everyone, for checking us out. Uh, I have been your co-host Rick Barrasso, and I have been your co-host Eric Smith. And our guest this week, me Gia. Thank you guys again for having me. I had a great time. Thanks, Thanks for, being for being here. Thanks for being here with us, and. Uh, Keep watching, everybody.